Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Arsaholics podcast. I haven't done the ladies and gentlemen before, haven't I? I made you smile, Max. Yeah, very formal. (laughs) Very formal. Uh, I hope everyone's good. Thanks for joining us. Uh, It's a Sunday night, bank holiday weekend in the UK, so it's the day after we've played Fulham at home to a two-wall draw, which was um, a, a really, really eventful game. So, so much to talk about. Uh, it's still pretty fresh, I think, in uh, in everyone's minds. And Twitter was was rampant yesterday and today, to be honest, with fallouts and deep dives and kind of emotional reactions and then emotional come downs and you know you name it, it had everything. Um, and so to talk all about it all, I've got Myers and Aaron in with me. Hello, boys. Hello. Good mate. evening. You're right. Yeah, good, good, good. Let's jump. I'm a bit, I'm a bit more, um, I'm a bit okay. Well, better than I was yesterday. I have to say, you know, yesterday, obviously, you, you guys will know we we all sort of felt the same sort of way. I think after the game, it was very low coming out of that stadium. It was pretty. It was a pretty rubbish feeling. Um, but today, I, you know, I've tried to kind of get my big boy boots on and just sort of think like, you know, it's a long season we didn't lose it's just a draw these things are going to happen um so i'm trying to be a little bit more measured about it all do you guys feel better from from yesterday are you still as emotional i know you know aaron, aaron you know what i've noticed with aaron is actually he's a little bit Here different <laughs> you're a little bit different i've noticed right because i think what happens is immediately after the game i feel like we are all the same level of emotional yeah and then yeah. And, th- and then i always feel like there's like a journey home thing and maybe when you get home i feel like you you go up a level there's like an added <laughs> you like you've like, like thought about it you're even right. more and you're he like does. he does yeah you're like you know what that, like, that, that, <laughs> that's social media i'm guessing because we're all on the train it probably is yeah, reading yeah. twitter and everything and probably no, because working ourselves up it's because i more. spend it spend the game watching it with you two right and you two are very. Like, <laughs> All right, mate, sorry. Bloody hell. You make it sound like a chore. <laughs> no, 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 you two are like. You two are very um, passionate. Uh, no, no, yeah, you are passionate, obviously, but you're very. Um, you're not reactionary. You guys are not reactionary. Right? I mean, in fairness, at the end of the first half, yeah. I think the first thing I said to you guys is that's the worst half of football I've seen from us in years. Like, I thought the first yeah. half was awful. Now, actually, when I saw the reactions at the end of the game, I was surprised that I was like. You know, because there was a lot of talk about people thinking, oh, actually, you know, we we created a lot and actually we didn't look that bad. I was like, guys, like the first half, I thought we were awful, like so bad. I didn't think, to be fair, at half time, I was pretty chill. I was like, this is a bit rubbish, but whatever. I'm more of a like, okay, let's judge it full time, see what the result, the result says. And I think, um, yeah, usually like immediately after the game, I'm like, let's react to the results. And then when I'm on the train home, We've gone our separate ways. I'm always like, then I start thinking about like the trend, and 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 then I obviously am on social media, and social media is just full of angry people. And if the trend is negative, those social media people just make me, they make me start analysing things and start thinking things. Um, And then I'll listen to some reactions and podcasts and stuff like that. And then, um, yeah, I think I'm still a bit. I am annoyed. I think. I think to be fair, like when we talk about the game, I think actually you can actually do the thing that I kind of did immediately post the game and on on the way home, which is like you could look at this as one game, 
right? And you look at it as one game, I think you can probably say, okay, well, it's like it's two points dropped, annoying, a few things went wrong in the game, a um, couple of incidents. We probably win that game more often than not. Let, let's, that's cool. But then you look at that as part of the first three games of the season where, you know, admittedly we, we have won those first two games, but there are question marks which i'm sure we'll discuss around the team selection certain players how we're performing up front how we're performing at the back and that's when i start to get a bit more concerned do you want to elaborate like so so i think ultimately right there's like i mean like i said there's sounds very simple right but i kind of feel like going forward we're not as good as we should be and defensively especially at home this season, last season, we just seem unable to really concentrate defensively, dominate possession consistently to avoid conceding so many silly chances. I'm sure a lot of people have seen the stat that Mm. we're the first team to concede in the first minute three times in a calendar year in in the Premier League, uh, which is mental. Um, Now, you could say that's three random coincidences, but when it happens three times, you then have to start to ask, you know, is there something genuinely wrong with the way we're coming out and setting ourselves up? I don't know. I mean, these are things you ask, right? Like, Well, let's talk about that point, though, right? Because the the interesting thing about that is it wasn't like those three times have been three bangers, three worldies that, you know, have just bypassed any kind of solid structural defensive strategy than we had like those those three goals were basically us getting cut open in some way right like in some in some it was like silly silly cut open yeah like way. usually what happens is there's some player a very fast wing or a fast wide player will come down the side and then cut us over make us look a bit silly and then there'll be a a random collection of things that could go wrong. They will only ever go wrong once. We'll never see that same goal ever scored again in the same way, but like a very specific set of things will go wrong at the same time. And then we'll end up conceding. Right. And it's more like we just need to stop giving opponents one nil head starts. Yeah. At the start of every game. Like it's silly. Um, it makes everything harder. The game state is harder. The Fulham's game plan, which was probably going to be let's sit deep and try and hold on to a nil-nil for as long as possible is now, okay, we can sit deep for essentially two goals now, right? We can concede one, we concede again. It makes everything harder, but yeah, like there's that. And then I just think the way the team selection, I don't know what, maybe before we like, I go off and rant and this whole episode becomes completely unstructured. Like let's, let's let's take it back, right? Like team selection, let's talk about team selection. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but we can link team selection in some ways, to to the point that we've started on, which is this kind of conceding early. Yeah. Because my one of the things that people are talking about is right, we've played, we've we've gone to this three at the back thing, which we never really did too much in preseason. Um and and for each game we've had a different trio. And surely that must be causing some issues. But here's the thing, I mean to the point that we're discussing, these three early goals we've scored in this calendar year. I think it's calendar year, right? Or, or, or whatever it is. Um, two of those came last season. So two of them came when we we're playing the, you know, the old formation, if you like, the one that we really want us to go back to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so surely it's, it's, it's not a case where the reason why this happened yesterday, uh, you know, th- this happened yesterday was purely because 
of this new untested sort of combination. Yeah. What, 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 what is it? What, what, what is it that seemingly makes us when the other team kick off? It's almost like it's almost like right now we need to almost be if we win that coin toss, we need to say we're kicking off. Right? That's almost yeah. what we need to say now to stop this happening. Why is it? What what what, what do you observe? Uh, I mean, I think you guys, yeah, you know, what you just said, mate, summed it up. It can't it can't be down to yeah, team selection or even system selection because it's just yeah, shooting ourselves in the foot and a lap lapse or lapses in concentration. I don't know why we've started so many games in that way. Um, and you can't really pin it down to like a specific play. Like you can't pin it down to, for example, oh, it's a new player in the team or it's, you know, somebody who's unfamiliar in their position. It was Saka yesterday. So with the, with the, with the, with the loose pass. So honestly, mate, I really like, I don't know. And I'm sure Arteta's probably scratching his head as well to try and understand the reason why it keeps happening. It's obviously, uh, there, there must. I mean, I don't know because I think all of those goals happened have happened at home, right? I think all three of them have, mm-hmm, have, mm-hmm. have been at, at the Emirates, and maybe there, maybe there is like a little bit of complacency creeping in, or maybe there's a little bit of we're not really, you know, maybe underestimation of the opposition. It's, I mean, who knows, mate? It's very hard to pin it down to a particular thing, but I definitely don't, like you said, definitely can't be down to a change in system. I mean, the evidence proves that. Um, so you can talk about, yeah, like Gabriel didn't play. You can talk about Kirio at left back or Partey at right back or you know, Havertz, for example. You can talk about all these, you know, different factors in terms of team selection and, and tactics. But it, yeah, I, I I can't see it being down to that. I mean, yesterday was just Saka, Saka just playing, uh, just uh, yeah, very very late. What let's, what should we call it? A lazy pass. That's probably the best way to describe it. Just a very lazy pass. Not really, obviously, not putting anywhere near enough onto it. I don't know if he was trying to hit it back to Ramsey. was trying to hit it back to a defender, but either way, it's just, yeah, it's completely. It's just like it into up. the space. It was yeah. just, into, yeah, it's basically yeah, a perfect really random. Um, yeah. 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 Um, and then, you know, like, I mean, we've all seen it. I, I, my reaction when I saw the replays I, and even actually at, at the game, I didn't feel like it Ramsdale could do much. Like we know that he's going to be up the field when we have the ball, when we're in possession, he's going to be, you know, edge of his box or even further up um so he's out of position he's all of a sudden got to suddenly start backtracking um Fulham get a bit lucky because I think um Pereira is it miss hits the shot um and I think Ramsdale just gets a little bit wrong footed he's obviously like you're putting your when you're running backwards and you're looking forwards it's quite difficult right and you're trying to see like what's what the hell's going on in terms of like is he going to shoot is he going to pass what's he going to do and he just kind of trips over himself and yeah, like just gets wrong footed. I, I don't put any because there, there were a few people around us that were a bit unhappy with how Ramsdale dealt with it. I he looks a bit silly in it, doesn't it? It's more than yeah. what it appears like. He's yeah. been put in that position. I mean, put it like this if that's Havertz that makes that back pass, I, the reaction will be completely different. Oh, gosh. Or, yeah. or, or, or Eddie, for example, like a player that people yeah, yeah. love to criticize, the reaction's completely different. So, kind of, we're kind of lucky in a way that it was Saka because no one's going to say anything because it's Saka. But so, yeah, I. <sighs> There's a little bit of kind of, you know, we're a little bit unfortunate in some ways because the Fulham player, Pereira, kind of misses the shot, like I said, and, and Ramsdale basically stacks it. But equally, yeah, like it's just, I don't know, man. Like, what do you, I don't know what do you guys think. Is it complacency? Is it 
yeah, not respecting the opposition, is it? Thinking we can just come out and kind of do whatever we want and um, things will go our way eventually. Like, I I, re- I don't really know what it's down to. Well, now I think it's just, a th- it's, it's now just become a thing. So I think that that's the problem now. I feel like, especially now that it's happened three times, but even after it happened twice, I think our players now feel like, oh, crap, I can't let that happen again. And the opposition also, I feel know that as well so the opposition are like well we might get at them in the first you know in a couple of minutes and when it becomes a thing when it when it becomes mental it becomes a problem it doesn't really matter about the systems that you play it's just nervousness it's you know it just takes that little bit of conviction off so i don't know but aaron sort of reflecting this back onto the team selection let's just talk about general a general point around that selection right so again different defensive combination but everything else was the same apart from um we had trossard also come in for for eddie so trossard comes in for eddie and kibior comes in for the suspended tomiyasu so just talking about that back three now again it's again uh, another game where someone else has come in it's again another game where gabrielle hasn't been that person who's come in Right. So now this is Kivior in this in this left of a three. It's a position which we played him in towards the back end of last season a few times when we started inverting with him. And, and you know, he kind of ends up playing the inverted central midfielder role, but in a different way to how Zinchenko plays it. He sort of plays it with as more of a quarterback kind of, you know, sits there and he pings the balls, you know, long diagonals. And that, that that's kind of a, a different style. What did you think of that? Did you, were you, was your initial reaction to that, that this was a good idea or were you also just perplexed as many people are around the continued absence of Gabriel? Uh, yeah, look, I think going forward, I was actually quite happy to see Trossard start up front. I think I might have even called it out. I said, maybe Trossard and Jorginho might play because we might rotate. And I, I had no issue with that. In fact, I was very much looking forward to seeing Trossard play and, Ultimately, it was pretty disappointing, but like it is what it is. Um, defensively, I think, you know, again, I thought about this quite a bit. I think it depends on was Zinchenko available and fit, right? And I think if Zinchenko was fit and he doesn't play Gabriel, I think that's that's a big, big question mark on like what's going on there with Gabriel. I think you can rationalize the team selection a bit which say like okay i want someone he wants someone inverting so he picks the he picks Partey. uh he picks Partey as a kind of midfielder so then you have to pay Partey at right back then you kind of say well who do i want in the three kind of the three defenders right you pick saliba then you pick ben white as the best right-sided kind of defender and then you kind of pick kiwio as the best left-sided defender as someone who can kind of do that thing that you're talking about Raj sometimes pushing up but sometimes stepping back and sometimes going out wide to kind of support the wide players right um and if you if you look at it like that you can kind of justify it right to say well actually Gabriel doesn't fit if you're going to keep part A as a kind of the defender midfielder role uh that Zinchenko normally does so actually it kind of makes sense that way um so I'm not I'm not really like that like against it if Zinchenko wasn't fit, right? But I think the thing there is what you then do is you kind of almost say that look, these are I'm gonna go with like leaving my second best defender on the bench, which is Gabriel, 
right? And that comes with a cost. And I think that the, the calculation Arteta has made is saying, actually, it's Fulham at home. I can probably get away with that. And you can't really blame him for not thinking that, right? Which is, mm-hmm. okay, look, I'm going to play Partey, I'm going to play Rice, I'm going to play Habits, I'm going to play Odegaard in my midfield, and they're going to dominate possession. And to be fair, we did, right? Um, the... The downside there is then actually the attack itself just wasn't working again. Uh, I thought Saka had a bad game. Havertz had a bad game. Trossard, I thought, was really bad. Um, all for varying reasons, right? And mm. I think, um, and maybe we'll go on to these individual performances in a bit, but then I think, look, I I really want to, I, I just think that actually what we ended up with was a bit of a gamble that the manager took to say, I'm going to rotate a bit. And there might be benefits in the long run, right? You pay Kivior now, in if Zinchenko is injured again, maybe you have something to fall back to um, because he's played the system now and we've played Partey at the right side. But when it doesn't work out and we ultimately drop points, then the manager does end up looking a bit silly with his team selection, unfortunately. Um, mm. But, you know, again, it's one of those where, like, look, we we did the hard part. We know, if we didn't do something stupid by going 1-0 down at the start, and we need to do something stupid by losing concentration at the end. No one's probably talking about it. Everyone's probably saying, look, Arteta rotated a bit. He tried something different. And yeah, we weren't brilliant, but we got the three points. Well done and move on. But because of these, like, basically two errors, two Fulham's only two real chances. Actually, no, they're, they're the third one with Traor at the end. It, like, two or three chances. We were fine. Um, mm. We weren't brilliant. But because of the result, I think naturally you then start to look at kind of, okay, well, the second game, we weren't brilliant. First game against Forest, we weren't great. Um, is there more to it? And and this is the dilemma. I I think overall, it's still a bit too early, right? We go to, we play United and we, we smash them 3-0. No one cares about Fulham, right? Let's, let's be honest. Yeah. But yeah. if United, the performance and like going forward is not flowing, it's not moving, you then start to think actually something might be wrong here. Um, that's, that's kind of how I feel about it. I think, yep. let, let's see. I think, let's see what this team looks like with Zinchenko back. I've always said for a long time, um, last season, the two players that really made our system were Odegaard and Zinchenko. Um, and you take Zinchenko out, you really, really lose a lot. Yeah. My, Aaron, um, you know, Aaron and, talked a lot about perhaps the things that we need to start doing uh, uh, yeah, to yeah, Zinchenko's kind of one of those factors. He's, he's just such a, such an important part of all the good things that we did last season. So when you do compare the side that was out yesterday and the the system and everything, it's, it was quite contrasting to, you know, some of the good things that we saw last season. Arteta made this point though, right? And I remember, <laughs> you know, we were, we were, when we were looking at it on on Twitter, we were trying to figure out exactly what it was that he said. But, you know, he said that effectively, if you compare how we played against Fulham on Saturday to the same fixture last season, we were 10 times better. As in, we were 10 times better yesterday than we were last season, even though we, we, we you know, we won last season. Yeah. Now, I think we were all kind of like, what the fuck? You know, that, that's that's madness. How, why is he saying that? You, you look at the expected goal stats the expected goal stats do actually back that up right so the expected goal stats have about uh, yesterday it was about three for us and 0.5 for um for fulham whereas the season before i think it was about 2.5 for us and 0.8 for fulham 
So in theory, we've created better chances this season. We should have, you know, should, we, we, which we should have put away, and and we restricted them to to worse chances. Mm-hmm. It was hard, I think, you know, to come away from the game and feel like, you know, we put a performance that was ten times better than anything. But you know, do you have some sympathy for that? Do you have some sympathy to say that some of the stuff that we were doing might not have been as easy on the eye as it was last season? but it's still effective, if not more effective. Do you buy into that? Well, one one of the, on the XG point, so yeah, I, I saw the stats around the XG and it, yeah, it kind of proves what I said, but I guess one of the, I don't know if we got a penalty against Fulham last season. I can't remember now, but obviously we had a penalty yesterday and that would have dramatically improved our XG yesterday. Yeah, good point. Um, yeah. uh, I, mean, I think there's a part of that is he's got to say, like not he's got to say that, but he's going to say something along those lines because the players are probably feeling pretty down. There's probably like maybe concerns or maybe like question mark. I don't know what, you, what you'd call it, but just amongst the camp, you know, we haven't started the season in the way we did last season. You know, last season was Gabriel Jesus came in, Zinchenko came in, Saliba came back. You know, we went to Palace and we smashed them. Not smashed them, but we beat them comfortably. We went to Bournemouth, we beat Leicester at home. You know, like it, it was a fantastic start to the season. It was obviously off the back of a very bad end to the the season the season before where we finished fifth um so like everything was was fantastic and this season started a bit differently right certain players haven't really kind of clicked yet or or haven't you know it feels like certain players are yeah it just hasn't really happened for them yet especially the attacking players there's question marks about the system there's question marks about team selection so maybe that's just arteta saying what he needs to to the media and to the fans to to kind of deflect a little bit. I mean, uh, yeah, and I think all manager, all top level managers, all Premier League managers probably do that to a certain extent. So I don't, you know, I don't read into those comments too much. I think, I think what what I think we're, I think Aaron and said it. We're two mistakes away from winning yesterday's game. If you know what I mean, like that, mm. the game yesterday is completely different. If we don't con- concede in the first minute, because we had, they, I think they scored just inside a minute, and we probably had the ball for the entirety of that minute up until Saka gives it away. I think, I don't know, but mm. like, it felt like we were just, we started the game as we should in terms of, we got hold of the ball, passing it around, getting everyone a touch, getting comfortable, you know, and it felt like, okay, this is just a, this is an Arsenal home game. We should start creating chances soon and hopefully we'll score. And then obviously that happens out of the blue. And so that changes the whole kind of complexion of the game. And it means that we're chasing and, we got ourselves into a position where we were very close to winning the game. Um, and that's what we needed to do. Like you said, Raj, like for you, it felt like one of the worst performances, if not the worst performance you've ever seen at home if in, in, at the end of the first half. And so for us to turn it around and the subs to work, and I know we're going to come on to that, you know, for the players that came on to have an impact and for us to get the two goals we needed, you know, like fantastic. So like I have, a, I have a tiny bit of sympathy in that sense, but equally like, if we're going to be a serious team and if we're genuinely going to compete with City this season and not just in the league, but if we're going to have a crack at the Champions League, um, then these mistakes, like, yeah, we're going to, we have to cut these mistakes out. Even the second goal, that their, their second goal, the Fulham equaliser, it's like, I don't know how you explain that, but that, that was the, like, they were just statues. No one did anything. Um, mm. And you kind of know what's coming, right? They're going to load up the box. They need to just put in one good delivery, um, and, and yeah, uh, and and I don't I don't know can't even explain explain that just as much can't really explain the first Fulham goal. So 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can kind of see where Arteta's coming from. I don't read too much into it, like I said. I think it's more important that these players start to realise that these games are decided by very, very fine margins. And we should have learned that lesson last season. Like when it got to the end of the season, we dropped points against like Liverpool, for example, you know, last minute, whatever, like Trent, Nutmegs, Zinchenko puts a crossing and we concede a goal. West Ham, we miss a penalty at 2-1 up and then, you know, Saka misses the penalty and then they go and equalise. Like very, very, very fine margins. And so we need to learn that lesson quickly because otherwise it's going to be a season, like potentially it's going to be a season where we might come pretty close, but we might not do quite enough to genuinely challenge City or to genuinely, you know, genuinely have a chance of actually coming above them. Yeah, I agree. I want to get on to individuals and how those individuals are playing in the system and a bit about that in a second. Um, Cause we have to, cause to be honest, some of these individuals are being discussed very heavily on Twitter. So I really want to get into that, but Charles has just put a question to us. And uh, I think it's an interesting one if I have sort of understood it correctly. So just reading this, this question out, Charles is saying, also would love to get your take on if fans should expect the pre world cup pace of last year with a lower quality team or now with a higher quality. Is it that we cannot do that form? If yes, what reasons? So I think, I think what, I think what Charles is saying is, um, you know, we had such a fantastic form pre-World Cup last year and the team was not as good as the team is right now. Um, And is it fair for us to expect, you know, a a higher level of performance? Um, Aaron, what do you think about that? Yeah, it's a good question. I was actually going to comment on something similar just before he asked the question. Thanks for the question, Charles. Um, Look, I think the one thing that, I found really interesting was the atmosphere in the ground yesterday um, and actually to a sense the, fir- the first game, which is there's like, now we've got a team that is at least that we think is almost capable of winning the league. There's this expectation that we need to be doing better. And look, a 2-2 draw at home in Fulham in any season is, is, is disappointing, right? But we are like, we know, especially after last season where we were like, the first half of the season, I think we were on pace for 100 points come up to Christmas, right? We basically won every single game except for one or two. Uh, I think United was one of the big blips. Um, I There is no way we're able going to be able to repeat that this season, right? Because we were so good. And actually, we came across a, a bunch of teams at, at bad times and everyone else was kind of rubbish at the same time as well. Um so I don't think there's any way that we can replicate that. And actually, look, if we, if this is a one-off draw to Fulham and every, you know, if we win most of our other games, I think we'll be okay with this, right? But this is a reality of when you're in a title race with Man City that you you know they're going to be perfect. You know that any time they drop points, like we had this psychological scar from last season where we were, I don't remember how many points ahead in March, April, and they still caught us, right? And we know that we are going to have to be so, so good, basically perfect, that actually for some people, I saw some very, very over, over-the-top over reactionary tweets saying, oh, we've dropped points to Fulham, that's the title over. Um, like, it's not that dramatic, and we know that's not true, but the there is a pressure on, in the crowd now I, that I see that it's almost like less... Like last season was fun because we were on this wild ride where we were like, okay, we're in a top four race. And all of a sudden we found ourselves top of the league at Christmas. And 
everything's like, well, what the hell's going on? Now we've got a squad where I actually need to go and do that again. I think there's a bit of pressure in the crowd. I don't think the players feel it yet. I don't think the manager feels it. But I think as fans, we are feeling the pressure a lot more. And that's reflected in the ground. It's reflected with some of the negativity. It's reflected with some of the social media. So, um, yeah, that's kind of my my observation. I, look, do I think we'll be top at Christmas with like basically 45, 50 points? No, I don't. Because uh, I think the league is much better this year. There's a lot more, a lot more even. But the good thing about that is that hopefully more teams than us will be think they're able to take points off City, and that's what I'm kind of banking on. Off where points, my. You know, do you have anything to add? If we look at it from this lens, perhaps we were this really solid, awesome team last season who finished second to you know the best team in the world. Yeah, and we're all we're obviously sort of we've been on a project, we've we've been on a journey, but we have we're not starting that journey. You know, Arteta's kind of you know had a couple of seasons now, so you sort of think that you know based on that logic. We've sort of had this evolution. We got really good at the end of last season. And now we've added a couple of big value players. Yeah. So Rice, Havertz, they're big value players. And in theory, what you're doing is you're add, you're, you're basically saying, I know what I want to do. I've got my squad. Like we're doing really well. We've got a culture. We've got everything. That's all in place now. And now I'm adding ceiling raises. Yeah. So, you, you know, you logically should, I, I suppose it's fair to assume that all you're really doing is adding to your level. Like there's not going to be a, a deterioration. There's not going to be a, oh, and now we're going to have to kind of get worse before we get better. It's it, it, it's kind of, you feel like maybe, or as a fan, you expect that you're adding the super talent to a very good team and you're just going to get even better immediately. Is that unfair? Because clearly on the basis of what we've seen so far, and yes, we should you know be clear that we haven't lost a game. We've one, two and drawn one. It's hardly bad. Right. Um, but, you know, the fact is we, we're not playing the football that we were used to last season. Is it is it just as simple as we need to have a, a more, lot more patience? We need to accept that maybe things aren't going to be as fluid um, or, you know, should Arteta sort of be introspective at this point and think that we should already be doing better? It's very hard to be critical, like in just a, like if you think about where we've come from, like it is obviously yesterday was a bit was frustrating and it should be frustrating. Um, but then you kind of look at the big picture and you take a step back and yeah, you sleep on it like you, we all did. And you kind of feel like, okay, yeah, like you said, Raj, you know, we're seven, we're seven points out of nine. It's not the end of the world. Um, still very, very early on. So like the react that the reaction, I think I've, I feel like a lot of the reaction that we're seeing now is because the Havertz thing, I think, is a massive factor. And I look, I'm personally, I feel like Havertz will come good and I think it will work. Um, but obviously that's going to take time if that's going to happen. But obviously people, fans just don't have that sort of patience anymore. And I think that's one of the massive reasons why there's been such a big reaction to kind of this new system where people have just like said, you know, fans have said, it's just not working. It's just not working. Why are we trying with it? And then Vieira comes on in the second half and puts in a performance that like no one expected to see. 
but puts in a performance that we've all been waiting to see. And it's like, right, like this is what this is what a player in that attacking role should be doing. Um and like that's kind of fair enough. I mean, look, for on a more general basis, I kind of I have the, the the thing that I struggle with is right, like even if we get better, which we're not necessarily showing right now in terms of in terms of performances, and you look at the result yesterday, but even if we get better, it still doesn't mean that we're necessarily gonna catch City. So even if we've spent what we've spent and we've brought in one of the best defensive midfielders in the in the world, let's say, or definitely the Premier League, you know, it doesn't it still doesn't mean that we're going we you know it's a given that we're going to finish second this season like it doesn't you know it's not a given and it definitely doesn't mean that you know we it probably gives us a better chance of catching city but then equally i, I we keep saying it man city and man city um so i don't know i i i just think that it's it's to 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 maintain that level of consistency for the entire season which is what city do and they always come good at the right time. They just stayed in, they stayed in touching distance of us the entire season. They had a couple of blips, but then when it came to when, you know, let's say March, April, May, but especially around that March, April time when Arsenal started to face a bit of pressure and results started to dip a little bit, um, they, they pounced and they knew what to do and they were the most consistent team. And that's where we have to get to. And I think that is, it's, it's a different Premier League now. Like you go back 15 years or whatever, every every team that won the league lost a few games. They drew a few games. The Invincible drew a bunch of games. Invincibles, sorry, drew a bunch of games. It's just very, very different now. So I kind of feel like the pressure is there because we've spent the money and the pressure is there on Arteta because it's another season into the project. But I also kind of feel like you can't just say, like, I don't think it's fair for anyone to say, if we don't win the league, then it's a failure because you've got to look at who we're going up against. I fully expect and I feel like we should give them a good challenge um, this season. I think that that we should do. But if we don't win the league, it, you know, we could hit 90 points and not win the league, for example. Like, that, that, that's not failure. So, and that doesn't matter if you go and spend 65 million on Havertz and 100 million on, on Declan Rice. That's not really relevant. Like if you're hitting 90 points, you're you're doing what you need to do, really. Like it's just that the, the team that you're competing against are just on another level. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and and the pep factor as well. So, so yeah, like, I, yeah, that, that, I, I don't feel, I, yeah, I feel like the crew, and I think it is a bit early as well. I think it is a bit yeah. early. I know we're going to talk about Man United and that game coming up, but like, yeah, I, I I think you can see what Arteta's trying to do in terms of he's trying to build systems that we can rely on later on in the or not rely on, but we can utilize later on in the season, maybe in future season future seasons as well. But obviously this season, there's gonna be certain games, certain situations where he wants to change it up tactically and and potentially he knows what happened last season Saliba was out Zinchenko was out for periods Jesus was out like trying different things with with different players and using the squad so that if the if that eventuality happens or if that situation come, comes again then we have a plan B and we have a plan C and okay it hasn't worked it hasn't worked in terms of performances yet and we've dropped some points but we might also look back at, on this period at the end of the season and be quite kind of thankful that he tried it and we yeah. tested it. And then there might, like I say, there might be games in the later on in the season that we're going to need to rely on this sort of system and players are interchangeable within the system. So when it comes to sort of crunch time, basically. So yeah. Should we, 
Yeah, should we take inspiration in that way from what Man City did last season? If you recall towards the beginning of the season, all the pundits were scratching their heads and wondering why Pep was doing really seemingly random things with his team. And, you know, I remember Gary Neville a number of times saying, something just doesn't quite look right with this City team. And, and you know, Pep's just trying too many things. There was the whole Cancelo situation. There was Rico Lewis kind of, you know, being thrust into the spotlight. There was all this stuff and, and people were just there wondering, we had this uh, epic team from last season and you added arguably the best kind of striker prospect stroke, you know, just machine cyborg thing to your team. Surely all you needed to do is do what you did last season, but now with this guy, Harlan, right? But he didn't do that, right? Pepper at the beginning of the season was doing all, all kind, kinds of stuff. And in the end, they go on and win absolutely everything and, uh, you know, just just did you know the, the, the unbelievable, basically. It, do, you, do you take my some inspiration from that? Do you take some some kind of solace that maybe Arteta thinks that, do you know what, when I need to, I will go back to doing some of those things, but I'm building some of these new ideas. I'm making sure that we're unpredictable, we're flexible. So when I need to go to these things in crunch games, I'm going to be able to to do that. Do you think that's too optimistic or? No, no, not at all. Because I mean, yeah. look, we signed Zinchenko last summer and we had Tierney as left back and he was, he is a fantastic left back. And no one really predicted what was going to happen with Zinchenko and how we were going to play this new system and Zinchenko playing in midfield um, and basically displacing Tierney. And now Tierney's basically left the club. So like no one, no one predicted that 12 mm. to 15 months ago, whatever. So yeah, just over a year ago. So like, and, and I think if that hadn't have worked out, at, you know, like I said, we had a great start of the season last season and kind of everything went to plan, let's say. Um, if that hadn't have worked out, then I'm sure there, there would have been criticism going to going at Arteta and going at team selection or why is Inchenko playing? Why are we trying this new system? It's not working. Results are not, uh, you know, results aren't as we're not, we're not getting the wins that we should be. So yeah, that I think, and I think you, I, I, I keep saying this, I say this when it comes to the signings that we're making and that includes players like Havertz. Um, and I say this also, I think it applies to, let's say, let's call the, let's call it systems or tactical setups. You know, I feel like Arteta deserves, he's got credit in the bank basically for what he's done up until now. I don't, you know, I, I, I think we are in a position of, we're in such a good position in, in, in on so many levels that you think back three, four years ago, you think back to how the football was under Emery. Um, it, 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 it's, it's clubs, the club, the team's been transformed. And I know we've talked about that and everyone knows about that. So I'm not going to go on about it, but you know, I think we just sometimes need to put things into context a little bit. It, it does feel like one bad result. Um, everyone loses their shit and it is a bit over the top and I think everyone does need to calm down a little bit. Um, yeah. I, so no. yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of, yeah, man, I, I, I say this now, if we don't, if we lose to United on Sunday, then I think, yeah, it's a different, it's a different thing, isn't it? Aaron, Aaron, Kai Havertz, Kai Havertz almost, um, I feel really sorry for him in some ways because he almost is the poster child of the new formation, if you like, right? Because let's just say if Kai Havertz wasn't around, you you you, you know Declan Rice can play the six. He can play kind of various kind of central midfield kind of roles. And, and I don't think anyone is pointing to Declan Rice at the moment saying, oh, Arsenal, you know, have changed system from a good system last season just to fit in Declan Rice. No one is saying that. 
But everyone is sort of saying, well, Kai Havertz. Kai Havertz has been integrated into the system. And in, to, in order to integrate him in, you know, we, we it's, it's all changed. And the Forest game, people weren't giving rave reviews. The Palace game, people again were struggling to see kind of, you know, what, what he really added. And he was getting a lot of stick, a lot of stick from a lot of fans um, on on the weekend. And obviously, when you don't win, that noise gets louder and louder. Now, I'm really like, it, I know that you, after the game, were pretty upset with Kai Havertz. Um, the evidence is there on Twitter. And I'm actually happy about it because, you know, I think that we needed at least one of us to represent that view because it is a view that our fan base, a huge amount of our fan base holds. Like Shani is saying here in the comments, I, among with millions of fans, blame Havertz. I mean, that is an extreme statement, but a lot of people are basically saying that. Can you give me your view and and, and make a case for that, if you like? Yeah, look, I don't think Havertz is the reason we drew, right? I think, again, it's more like in this game, as a one-off, two, two, twos, like two freak freak goals that's not big we didn't concede those two goals because of habits right our attack didn't look rubbish just because of habits yesterday um but i look at the first three games in the league and i just don't i don't, I don't see it right and i'm not saying he will like i hope he comes good i i back the manager i said this when we signed him said look i don't i don't get this signing i don't get like based on what he's done at chelsea i don't get it um, but the reason I am backing him is because I fully believe that Arteta is like w- one of the best managers in the world. And I fully back the manager's ability to get the most out of him and his talent ID and everything with it. And that could all still be true, by the way. Um, and obviously, I obviously hope it happens. Right. But look, I think the problem with Havertz is that everyone has their biases. Right. And he comes in with bias um that actually you know we've seen him at for two three years at chelsea where he got mixed reviews um and i think look i think the way i explained it a few episodes ago was like when uh julian timber came in you saw immediately this is why we signed him when declan rice came in you saw 100 million this is why we signed him it's been three games at Havertz in this left eight uh it's not working so far. I think that's that's what it is, right? And there are times where... And what I'm trying to work out is, is it not working because he just doesn't get the system? And the system itself, because of personnel around him, isn't working as well? Or is he just not able to do it, right? And that's the worry. If, it, if it's a former, and actually you say, look, he's been surrounded by... He's not really had a consistent left-back to play with. I think the idea is maybe he was brought in to play with Zinchenko, and he's not been able to play with Zinchenko. He's instead had to play with Kivio, Tomiyasu, Timber. Um, and and you can kind of say that that left side hasn't really been optimal for a little while. Um, and like he's still figuring out where to stand, whatever. I think that over time, it might come good. But I think there's just there were just so many moments yesterday where I think you know, he doesn't help himself because we've talked about this before. He has this demeanor where he's not a, he's not a sprinter, right? He's not a Declan Rice who will be like positive body language, running around, putting tackles in, uh, sprinting from man to man. He he covers his ground, He, he you know, but he, he's got this like, 
body language which almost makes it look like he doesn't care although i'm sure he cares just as much as any other player it just looks like he doesn't care so he's a very easy target for players to fans to jump on his back but look he just i don't think he's been playing well i think it's as simple as that um him and there's been a few others but i think consistently if you look at the first three games um is there a player who's played consistently average to poor in the first three games i don't think there's a player who's been worse than habits um and and that's kind of my view um and then you think look look if if habits had come in in one game and just done for one game what Vieira had done and been rubbish for the next two games I would have been like, look, there's something there. Like, we've got something to go off. We know why we've signed him. Um, and we've seen him have his moments. If he'd got an assist, if he'd, you know, scored a brilliant goal and think, ah, oh, that's why we bought him. But we've just had pretty much nothing. The only time it's worked, I think, is in the community shield where he played out of position up front. <laughs> and his position that isn't really why we bought him. And we thought that's not his natural position where he was playing up front. And... He looked all right there. Um, but in this role, I, it, something isn't right. I don't know what it is. But as a left eight, he's just, you know, if you're being kind, just not on the same wavelength as everyone else. He doesn't get the system. If you're being harsh, you say he's just not good enough to play that role for us in the system. I, I'm leaning towards the former where I think he just doesn't get it yet. Um, but some fans might say, actually, it's the latter and that he's not good enough. I don't know it's a hey it's a, i think you've put it quite well and i think it is one of those things that is very early to to tell there's i saw some tweets going around today about listing out arsenal players who didn't necessarily do it from day one you know people even called out dennis burkamp as someone who who didn't hit the ground running and, and it took a while now you know it's it's really unfair to compare anyone to dennis burkamp in that way and also if you're being harsh on kai Havertz, kai Havertz has been playing premier league football for a few years so this shouldn't be that that element isn't a new concept my do you think though that with with any new player obviously joining a new club has its challenges but he's also joining a new club who themselves are doing different things on the pitch where you've got other players who are getting used to the system who may have an advantage over him in that they understand each other a little bit better. But at the fact is, you know, the rest of the team still aren't quite fluent at the system. So you basically got a guy who doesn't know his system, doesn't know the system at all, playing with a whole bunch of other people who are also still learning the system. Do you think that we need to give him that? Uh, it, you know, if we're, if we're looking on the bright side, do, do we think that... You know, it's fair to say that, or do you think that, you know, for a 65 million or whatever it is player who, you know, who's already played in the Premier League, who's come to, you know, raise the ceiling, we should be expecting him to look even kind of, if it isn't about the system, it, you know, show moments of brilliance or show moments of kind of class that, you know, justify the price tag already. Yeah, look, if we're being... Aaron and put it really well, I think. And I think the way that you explained it, Aaron, is probably, I wouldn't say it's changed my mind on habits or anything like that, but it does make you kind of realize like, yeah, probably expected a little bit more. Um, like you say, a little moment of magic, you know, a, 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 a defense splitting pass, something, you know, or maybe even just, yeah, putting himself out, putting himself about a little bit more to show, to show that he cares, you know? Uh, so, but I, th 
I, I, I do give him, um, like if you look, okay. So if you look at the rest of the attack, for example, and we said this, I think prior, I uh, know post palace. So before we played Fulham, the attack hasn't really clicked yet. Like Saka, we're not really getting the best out of Saka yet. We're not Marcelli, I would say has had a, bit of a weird start to the season. Like, I'm not really sure what to make of his start to the season. Erdegaard's coming for a lot of criticism. Um, like, I saw people putting together compilation videos of Erdegaard where he's get, he's dropping really deep, picking up the ball, and then he's just passing backwards, which is obviously not what his game is about. And are all of these things, and you add Havertz into the mix, are all of these things as a result of, or a result of, the new system? And I, ge- I genuinely, th- I, I mean, like, we all because we've seen it in action, right? With the, the defense that we played last season, Gabriel coming back, coming in or being in the team, Zinchenko at left back, Ben White at right back. You know, we know what we know what that gives us. We know what to expect, and I just wonder. I just wonder. You know, I've said this a few times already this season. You put Ben White back at right back. Does that give Saka? Does that just basically enable Saka? Does that unlock Saka? And for him to be able to do what he was doing last season, when you think of Ben White being the guy that overlaps, being the guy that takes away a defender, takes away a left back and allows Saka a bit more space, that Erdegaard, White, Saka kind of combination on that side was really good last season. And then also when you think of Zinchenko coming into midfield, does that then just give Havertz a little bit more freedom to kind of go and do something in the final third um because i i it's obviously hard from where we sit right because you can't see you don't get a good perspective of the entire pitch but to me it felt like havertz was dropping was he dropping i don't know i think he was dropping quite deep to get the ball again and i just i don't want to like we don't want to see him there i don't think that's where he's going to be effective and i think if you bring zinchenko back into the team you basically would have let's just say it's declan rice and then zinchenko in midfield and then everyone else can kind of, you know, it, it gives it gives other attacking players or the attacking players a freedom to do what they need to do. So I give I give Havertz a fair bit of leeway in that sense because yeah, like you say, Raj, it's a it's 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 a new system. It's yeah, he, he's trying to fit into a new system that just hasn't worked for basically everyone. So and he is going to come under criticism or he's going to come under scrutiny because of his price tag and because he's a new signing, because it didn't work out for him at Chelsea and all of those reasons. Um, but I don't know. I think I think some I think Arteta probably needs to look at this now and potentially just say just from a kind of good management perspective, unless he feels like he's essential to the way that we we are gonna play, is it not better to just take him out of the firing line for the United game? Revert and we're gonna talk. I know, sorry, maybe I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but revert to 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 norm or to type basically and and go with what we used to we are used to last season. Um and then just use Havertz as like an impact play because I genuinely feel like I honestly feel like he could be a fantastic impact play. If we need a goal, he's probably one of the go-to guys if it gets to a point where it's right. Let's just go a bit more direct. We're winning loads of corners, we're winning loads of free kicks. You know, he's the guy that can be one of the danger men from a from a set piece. And he could be really effective in that way. I don't know. Maybe it's just yeah. Maybe the I don't know. It's just so many. It could be one of. Is is he just feeling yeah. the pressure of 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 being in this new system? I the price tag. I don't know. But yeah, I I think if I'm Arteta, I'm not obviously. But and I don't I don't know anywhere near as much as he does, of course. But 
it, it kind of feels like a very obvious thing to do. Just like take him out of the firing line a little bit. Because if he has a bad game on Sunday as well, like he, and that's a, that's a sky game, you know, Super Sunday, whatever. He's going to be the guy that is just going to get it. Like if he makes a mistake or he does anything wrong, we don't win the game. He's going to be the, he's going to be the scapegoat. And I, no one really wants to see that. So it'll be really, I mean, yeah, we're going to talk about United afterwards. It's just going to be very interesting to see how he, how he sets I, us up. I do I agree with what you said, Mice, which is um, essentially, I think what, yeah, no, I think essentially he's, um, he's trying to, the manager's trying to do too much almost in like, there's too many compromises now in this team where like either you're changing things up or you've got new. Right. And, you know, we got very lucky last season. I told you, like go back to like the, the first half of the season where actually all of our signings, they came in and they basically hit the ground running. Zinchenko came in, was brilliant. Gabriel Jesus came in, was brilliant. Um, who else was there? Um, Saliba. Saliba came in, brilliant. Um, that, let's be honest, isn't normal, right? Like, signings do take time to bed in, okay? Um, and actually, this season, I know, and I said it, like, we've seen why Rice comes in and see how seen how good he is and how he fits in. You've seen how good uh, Timber was before his injury. Um, look, it... If one of the players takes a little while longer, that's okay, right? But the manager needs to adapt and understand that. Don't throw in a new player into a new system, playing a new position, and then change your defense and change your midfield and change a, a number of things around him, right? Um, you need to set your signing, your players up for success. You set your new signings up for success. And I think if you're going to play Havertz, right? Play Havertz. I don't mind if Havertz starts on Sunday. Um, I do agree, Mize, there is a big chance it goes horribly wrong if we do and then he is like completely ridiculed and castigated for the whatever happens but like i if if we play the back the back four that we could we can do play zinchenko play gabriel play saliba play ben white pick one of rice and Partey at the base i'd say pick rice then play Havertz, odegaard saka martinelli jesus or Enketia. You can then finally really assess Havertz for what he's kind of been brought in to do. Because um, right now, like, especially those two fullbacks, losing, like, basically changing our two fullbacks means that, like you said, with Saka, Saka loses Ben White. And, you know, that whole, for all of last season, that right side was Ben White, Saka, Odegaard, right? They did that thing on the right hand side. You take Odegaard out, sorry, you take Saka, Ben White out, you've basically got these two left footers. And then you've got Partey, who kind of didn't really get involved with them. And then on the left side, like Kivio was, I thought, pretty decent, but he's not hes not going to do what Zinchenko does. He's, and then he's going to be taking away from Havertz and Martinelli as well. And, and on top of that, you've got Havertz, who's a new player who still hasn't really figured out where to go when Martinelli goes and, and all that stuff, right? So I think, yeah, like... Like you said earlier on, Mize, eventually this might pay pay off because we've got a bit of familiarity when there's a few injuries. But for a game like United, I hope he goes back to making, you know, going back to like what we know works and then just tweaking yeah. it with habits rather than putting habits into chaos. Because I think he's not really being helped by the manager, I don't think. Before we properly springboard onto the United game, one quick thing well one and a half quick things that i just wanted to bring up the half thing was just got to give props to eddie for coming off the bench and scoring you know such a, a quality finish but let's quickly talk about the story about this guy who we signed last season in the summer um 
Portuguese fella for about 30 odd million. And over the course of last season, he scored a banger against Brentford. He did a good cross in one Europa League game. And against Villa away, he got two assists, which, you know, for F for fantasy Premier League levels, they are assists. Technically, they're assists, but, you know, they're probably very basic passes in, in, in reality. Aside from that, he was a guy that whenever he came on, looked pretty lost, looked like he wasn't really at the Premier League level, let alone Arsenal level. He was very skinny, very slight, didn't really have much confidence and effectively really never really added anything, never made us better at all. This bloke comes on on the on Saturday. The second he walks on the pitch, he's moving like prime Alexis Sanchez, like just <laughs> just gliding, like just taking us demanding the ball from free kicks, gliding, making passes like Ozil. I mean, the assist to the, the assist to Eddie was like it reminded me of I think one of Ozil's first assists for Arsenal. It might have been his first assist where he was assisted Giroud. Sunderland. Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe was that Giroud, one. It was yeah, just Giroud against Giroud. Sunderland. Yeah, yeah. Giroud, it's just this left just just it was just phenomenal. Like it was pinpoint precision, and he then nearly scores this absolute worldy scissor kick. Like to try it in the first place to connect with it is another thing. I mean, mate, I. I where did that I mean, come from? I don't know where did exactly like what know. has happened. Someone, someone, give me some answers as to how we got that performance from a guy who do, do you, reckon, you know. Yeah, I mean, do you reckon this is? Oh, look, he wasn't in. He wasn't really. Near, like, wait, he, he was. He was obviously on the bench for most games, but he wasn't really near the first team last season. Like there was never a game where you thought this was a game for Fabio Vieira, right? When we were looking at the team sheets and stuff. But do you think this is a result of? I mean, it could be one of a million reasons, but the fact that we now have a very competitive and pretty deep squad. And there's loads of games now, right? There's actually loads of like proper games when you had the Champions League Champions League into it. Do you think he's just like sort of turned up and thought like, okay, my chance, when my chance comes and we need a goal and I'm not just coming on when we're five no up in a game, you know, and, and Arteta needs me, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, like, kind of like what Eddie's doing, right? Mm. Eddie's like taking his chance when he gets it, when Jesus is injured, makes it quite hard to drop him. Do you, do you reckon there's there's a bit of that in there? Like, because honestly, mate, I don't have a clue where that came from. Like, like you say, it's just yeah. He looked like a he looked like a player I've not seen yet from him. Like, for just like a different many, player, didn't he? Like, just, yeah, yeah. It's a cliche I, I, thing to say, but different player. Completely, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm yeah, just as kind of uh, bemused as you guys are, to be honest. Because Aaron, I mean, to, to my point, I mean, there, there were some times last season, right, where things weren't going so well, and you know, he, he come he comes on, and I think you know we're all hoping, oh, maybe this is the game, maybe this is the game, and and he, he more often than not made us seem worse, to be honest. Yeah. And and I, re I remember I remember at preseason, like watching him in preseason, and he really didn't look very good in preseason either. He didn't look like he'd put on any weight in some of the training videos. You know, I remember there was one that was going around. It sounded like the coaches were having a go at him for not you know doing enough. I thought, well, what the hell's, you know, what's, what's going on with this guy? And then, you know, you strengthen the squad and you think really is he going to get much opportunity? But, um, I mean, what a performance. I mean, surely, surely if there's something that we can kind of cling on to to say that was a huge positive, like, and potentially a, potentially a phenomenal positive for the rest of the season to think that now if you bring on Fabio Vieira in a game, that's the level I think I'm going to get. That That's a game changer. I'm yeah. thinking a very different way now, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, to be fair, like, 
I go back to the point I just made, right? You know, when I, I listed all of our signings and said we got really lucky, all of our signings hit the ground running last season. That Vieira didn't. <laughs> we just didn't even mention him. Then I said, look, some players don't don't hit the ground running in their first season. He's hopefully going to be the perfect example of actually some players you just need to give a little bit of time. They need to figure out what's going on, have a good preseason, like have a break, come in, understand things. Um, and no, I thought he was ridiculous. I'm really angry with Leno for saving that bicycle. I know it was offside and stuff, but it would have been like phenomenal. I think even at the end, he had a shot, which um, I think the keeper saved as well. Um, no, he was very, very good. Um, I hope this is like, if he can do that coming on or even like in, if he can start, I always thought actually he was far better off on the right-hand side as a kind of in the Odegaard role rather than on the left. Every time he played on the left, he'd never really looked good, but maybe that wasn't a positional thing. Maybe he was just not that good last year. And actually, uh, he, he maybe he's just got a bit more energy. He's maybe worked on his fitness. I don't know. Um, but yeah, he was, he was fantastic. One of the very few positives from Saturday. Now that we've you know delved into that brief bit of positivity, um, well, I think we've generally done quite a good job of keeping the tone positive. Let's just really focus on that United game. So we've talked about some stuff which have sort of alluded to, um, you know, the things that Arteta could do against United. Um, what do we think? Arthur Charles's question here. Would love to get your take on United's strategy either go back to square one or keep the system and just personnel changes. What would you do, Mize? Would you go back to the four at the back? And I presume if it is a four at the back, then it will be the Zinchenko-Gabriel kind of, let's just assume Zinchenko-Gabriel comes back in and then go for a very similar two midfielders in the centre. Let's just say, for argument's sake, it's Partey and Rice and then, you know, the the Odegaard and the Martinelli and the Saka and someone up front. Would you do that? Back four, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think I sort of said it before. I think go back to what worked last season. I, I, I have a feeling that he's not going to because it's Arteta and I think he's going to be a little bit like stubborn in the sense he's going to try and prove that, yeah, look, I've chosen this system and or I've gone with this system and I'm going to keep persevering with it and I'm going to prove everyone wrong kind of thing. I think he's got that kind of mentality. I hope I'm wrong. But look, I, yeah, I hope he goes with the the same, like all four of those defenders are fit now. It looks like Zinchenko's back. He's come on as a sub in the last couple of games. Um, and Gabriel, <laughs> Gabriel's fresh because he's not played any any football pretty much. So yeah, I would go with White, uh, Saliba, uh, Gabriel and Zinchenko. Um, the midfield is really interesting because I kind of look at I look at Man United's midfield and let's assume it's what Casemiro, Ericsson and Bruno. Um I don't know if you need Party and Rice in that. And given that we're at home as well, like I know Rice can play you could you could play Party as your deepest midfielder and then play Rice and Erdegaard ahead, but Rice hasn't really done that for us yet like properly. I wonder if he just plays one holding midfielder which I call it a holding midfielder, but it's not really a holding midfielder, but basically play play Rice. I assume it would be Rice. You then have Zinchenko that obviously slots in alongside him every time we've got the ball. And that, like I was saying before, that might just give Havertz a little bit more freedom um, ahead of that, ahead of those midfielders. I, I just, I don't, I don't know, like, ha- 
if you go with Partey and Rice at home, even if it is Man United, I don't, I don't know. If, I just don't feel like you need to do that, personally. Um, yeah, but he's also got the risk, hasn't he? Where if he, uh, 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 this, this is probably not the right way to look at it, but let's just say he does revert to last season system, and let's just say that involves dropping Havertz. If we win, it becomes a bit of a weird scenario with the fans. I feel like the fans' natural reaction will be like, see, we won because Havertz yeah. wasn't in the team. Yeah. And then you start suddenly, I, then that becomes a thing. I think he plays Havertz on Sunday. I think he'll play Havertz yeah. on Sunday. I, I just hope that he does like, like what I said. I hope he go. I think we all just want to see the back four that worked really well last season, especially now they're all fit. Like there was so much, so much of the season last season where one of those players wasn't fit, especially Saliba, especially Zinchenko. <laughs> they all look to be back. Like just go with it. Um, and yeah, uh, and, and, and I, th I think he'll go, I think he'll stick with Havertz because if he's going to change back, if he can, if he's going to revert systems, I can't see him. Yeah. I can't see him taking Havertz out personally. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Cause like, I think I want to see what Havertz will do in, 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 in the system we played last season and basically try and play that Xhaka role. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, are we, are we previewing the game now? We're we moving straight on to yeah, United. Yeah. 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 Um, United is just like it's really annoying because they don't they don't look good. Like, obviously, we didn't watch the game on Saturday; just saw the highlights because we were obviously at the Arsenal game. But like from everything I've seen from this this season, they just don't look. What's the word? I mean, you look at the goals that they conceded against Forest. Like they're so open; it's unbelievable how open. I know one of their goals came from a corner and a counter attack, but like I don't rate. Um, Lissandro Martinez that much there's no Luke Shaw so I think they played Dallow at left back Casemiro just looks like his legs have maybe maybe it's a bit harsh so his legs have gone I know he's still a very good player and I'm sure when he gets on the ball and if everything's like nicey nice for them then great you know they, he probably looks really good but as soon as as soon as like he's exposed or he's left on his own I feel like he doesn't look like half the player he used to be and I kind of feel like that's what we need to do. Like we need to do what we've done against United at home in the last few seasons. Just go go for them. And I think they're there for the taking. But my worry is, is that we're not really in a kind of position of strength at the moment in terms of so many things, like everything we, we've just spoken about, right? Like there's so many question marks and so many things that we're not sure on. Um, it feels like we're coming to this game, like probably quite nervous. So that's, that's, that's my worry is that United are still a dangerous team. They've obviously still got very good players, but it's one of those where we say this every week, right? If Arsenal turn up, Arsenal win the game. But I'm a little bit worried about our form, not form in terms of results, but just form in terms of performances. And are we are we going to go, are we going to take the game to United? Um, and are we going to try to dominate like we should? Because I think if we do that, then I think we have enough to win it. But it's just, yeah, it feels like, it feels like a bit of a, feels like a bit of a tricky one, this one. I, I'm actually going to go for a draw. I don't know if, yeah, we haven't talked about predictions yet, but I'm actually going to go for a draw. I think we might slip up. Um, and yeah, I can see like a score draw of 2-2. Two, two. That becomes then a little bit of a problem for us, doesn't it? If that happens. So you you, you see us, because what I was going to say is last season, one of the really good things that we did for the first three quarters of the season, I know in the last bit, it wasn't quite like this, but with the first three quarters of the season, whenever we did drop points and it, it it didn't look like quite as good a performance, it always felt like we'd come back 
100 miles an hour in the next game. It felt like Arteta was doing a really, really good job of getting their mentality right. And maybe, like one of you said, when, you know, I think I think it was you, Mize, when I asked you about Arteta's comments and you sort of said, you know, maybe some of the stuff that he's saying is because of the, you know, building the confidence of the team, if you like. And maybe maybe that was playing a part in his mind. He was like, I, I know that I need to get them in a frame of mind for United and this is the way that I know works with them. Maybe there's a little bit of that. Um, so, but what you're suggesting is perhaps that, no, like, you know, we, we could slip up again. And and um, I, I guess my question to you then would be, then we desperately need the international break to then work it all out again, really, don't we? I mean, what we desperately need is a not desperately, need, but what we need is a win. I mean, if that, if that, if what I predict happens, yeah, we it. It's not so much about we need the international break, mate. I think it's more there's just stuff to sort. Like, yeah, okay, fine, I get what you mean. Like, a couple of weeks off, but half the players are not going to be there to kind of look at the things and work on the things that we're not doing right. I mean, who knows? Yeah, like, yeah. in terms of, I, I'm not saying that we're going to play badly, and I'm not saying that you know you. Yeah, I'm not saying that we're going to play badly and draw. I kind of just feel like it's going to be a bit of a, a bit of a. I feel like both teams are, um, like United. I feel like we can score goals against, but I also feel like even though we haven't really conceded that many goals this season, we don't look as assured. And there's this question mark over the defense. There's this question mark. We, we're conceding chances. Like we are. Con- I know we didn't concede because I think that, I think Fulham had like three shots on goal um yesterday but even so it still feels like i don't know mate i just don't have that confidence in our defense yet and if he goes to that back four that we all probably want him to most of us want him to then maybe my opinion changes a little bit but i have just have this nagging feeling that he's not going to and he's going to stick with party at right back which will be disappointed i will be, will be a bit annoyed about if that's what happens but um yeah and like i feel like obviously look if you're if you're man united your season hasn't really like it hasn't started that great. Obviously, had a really poor performance against Wolves. Um, what was their second game again? It was Spurs. Oh yeah, sorry, yeah, of course. So yeah, a disappointment against Spurs, and then like two 0 down at home to Forest within like five minutes or whatever is is shocking. And fine, they were able to come back. But they obviously got a bit lucky with the penalty. So I feel like for United, this might be the game that they target as like right, you like let's let's turn up. Um, and let's show what we're about type of mentality when they come into it. And that's not really a good thing for us, you know? Um, yeah. So I'm kind of not really putting much confidence in both teams defenses and yeah, I'll go. Yeah. I'm going to go with it two, yeah. Two, two draw, two, two draw. Interesting. Aaron, what about you, mate? Cause you know, United, we, we always joke about United in the sense that it doesn't really matter what, how United are doing. They always seem to sort of turn up against us. Um, that being said, Fred is gone. So that's good. <laughs> Fred is gone. Fred is gone. Yeah. McTominay is still there, right? He's oh, yeah, still hanging true. around like a bad yeah. smell. But you got him. And, 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 then, and then last season, um, yeah, last season we still did, did get the win at home. And um, the, the, it's interesting, right? Because we're playing them without Shaw um, in a situation where you know they haven't quite things aren't really clicking. And you know you, when you talk about things aren't really clicking for us compared to them it's very different like you know I, I, you know it's they are looking completely empty in the middle of the park for some reason people are just running through them every time that's not really happening with us you know as, as we've covered a couple of stupid errors on the weekend and yes we're not playing as fluid but you know they're still we still look we still look okay um 
what do you think? Do you, do you think that Man United could do something against us, or are you, are you more confident than mice? I am a bit more confident. I would be very annoyed if we drop points to Man United, um, just because, like mice, I don't really see what they're about this season. Um, they've got some, you know, decent players. Fernandez is obviously a very decent player. Rashford on his day, yeah, you know, for ten games last season was the form of his life. Um, you know, Varane can be very good. Martinez, you know, on his day, depending on the game, could be decent. But they're also, like, they've shown that all of them actually just have games and moments where they just don't do what they're good at. And I think you get that a lot with United, where they're just this very muddled team that um go between like pace kind of that pace and power vibe versus the technical vibe versus a defensive solid solidity vibe um and you don't really know what what they're trying to do fully um but they've got enough good players where they'll pick up enough points you know you saw it against wolves where look they got battered i thought but they you know had enough to just take their chance and ride out all of their defensive errors um so, yeah, I'm not, again, I'll be very, very annoyed if we drop points to this Man United team because I just think we're so much better than them. And the only way we do is if we do something stupid. So I think, like, if what my thinks could happen where he just sticks with that system that we've played so far for no real reason, if Zinchenko and Gabriel are all available, for me, it would be absolutely bonkers. Like, why would you do that? Like, if Zinchenko's fit, if Gabriel's fit, uh, we know Saliba and White are going to be fit. Um, there's no logical reason why you'd instead go and pick Kivio at left back. I guess Tommy Asu yeah. will be back technically because he won't be suspended anymore um, over Zinchenko um, and play a back three with Partey at right back. Um, and I think the only reason you do that is if you, for some reason, you you really, really want Partey Rice. Odegaard and Havertz on the same pitch. I mean, Odegaard probably plays regardless, but Partey, Rice and Havertz all together. And I, I don't think you need to do that. I think you you basically need to pick two out of the three. And I think look, on form, you probably pick Partey and Rice. But actually, if you want to get the best out of most players in that position, you pick... I think Rice is best as a six. Partey is best as a six. So you pick one of them. And I think you pick Rice because, you know, he's the future. Put him at the six. Then you say, who is the best player to play at left eight? And, you know, then it's a question of do you trust Havertz for one more game? And I think you probably give him the benefit of the doubt to say, look, it's a big game. You've got, you're surrounded by much more familiarity. Everyone else knows how everyone else plays. So put him as a left eight. Or you take a take a punt and play party as a six and Declan Rice as an eight if you really want to. But I don't really see that happening. So, yeah, and I think if you do that, or you play Maradona, aka Fabio Vieira, in there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You could even t- say, look, Vieira's he deserves to be rewarded, and you drop Havertz, you play Rice, um, and then you play Vieira in front. Yeah, that that could work. Um, and then it's a case of like, who do you pick up front? Is Jesus fit enough, or do you actually reward Eddie for his hard work, or do you even stick with Trossard and give Trossard another go? Um, and you pick one of those three. Um, and I think that. That should be it. Like, I don't, I'm going to be really, really frustrated and annoyed if Thomas Partey is lining up at right back and there's no Gabriel and 
is and you know and Zinchenko is not playing for if it's anything other than the fitness I'm going to be really frustrated imagine his party versus Rashford I mean no oh yeah no 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 exactly and maybe that's I think that's another reason why he might you know you you kind of just pick Ben White there um but is is there is there like there's a bit of a stick or twist type gambler scenario here right where he sort of he could look at it and go right, well i've invested in this system for three games and so you say that but we we never played that in pre-season we never we no, not no, we, once played right. that system right no, so it can't totally be part of the long-term plan no you're, maybe not long-term plan yeah. but let's say for example this game against man united probably represents the toughest game in this like run of four right so you're it's effectively been this build up to the united game then international break in some ways it feels odd to me that if you look at that game just as a four game sequence he would play a system for the first three games and then for that toughest game suddenly go actually okay no fine i'm going to go to a different system and go back to last season system because t- two things right yeah one is you're basically say in his mind he could say, "Well, I've invested in this system for three games. Surely, surely they can nail it on the fourth game. They're going to be able to nail it better on the fourth game than they were on the third and the second, you know, whatever." And then he's also got that risk to say, if he goes back to the old system, they haven't played that system for a number of weeks, and they've probably been training with this other system during that whole period. They played it the whole of last season, like yeah. I should like yeah. I don't think that's an, for me that's not a reason to not go with it like you've basically who's changed it's just Xhaka and Havertz so are the only two players that would have would be different in that system if you go with everyone else like I, I, that's for me that's not a reason to not go with yeah, it yeah I think look and I also think that means if you do that you're leaving Zinchenko on the bench and Gabriel mm-hmm. on the bench and I, I think Arteta just loves like, I don't know he might do something could play, really could play weird, Zinchenko but... in that six Sorry, in the or as an eight, he could do that, yeah. and then you play maybe Tommy Asu at left back, but play a four, and yeah. uh, like a more traditional four, and like put. I think it's really, really important you have Ben White on that right side to do to really just help Saka because that combination works really well, and we saw it because we did it. It looked like we did it for the last kind of 10, 15 minutes against Fulham because on our side we didn't we didn't see Ben White, and then all of a sudden we just saw him all the time, yeah. and. It just goes to show, like, look, Saka, Saka, Saka's brilliant. Without Ben White, he can still be brilliant. I don't think, but, you know, I think if you're a defender, I think it's very, very easy to just double up on Saka when you don't have to worry. When you've got Kibior on that side, for example. Kibior, is that right? No, when you've got Thomas Partey on that side. Because Thomas Partey isn't going to be running up and down the wings. You can just put two defenders on Saka and just say, just kick him, push him off the ball. And as good as he is, Saka can't deal with that. You put another player there to just distract that extra defender and Saka can just work his magic that little bit easier and you know when Saka is on the ball good things happen and that's kind of what we need to be doing do you um so if you if you guys had to put money on it say you had a lot of money let's say it's 500 quid 500 quid do you put money on Gabriel starting on Sunday or not starting Oh, well, I've had Gabriel on my fantasy football team and I've started him every week and he hasn't played. So <laughs> shows what I know. Um, look, I think it it purely depends on if Zinchenko is fit. Mm. Um, let's, let's assume he's fit because he's come on in the last couple of games. Yeah. Then I think, yeah, I think you start Zinchenko, you start 
Gabriel. I'm trying to think through it. Is there a system you play where he could do... Look, I'll tell you what would be really concerning and would make me go with all these conspiracy theories that something personal is up with Gabriel is if he does Zinchenko, Kibbe or Saliba White. If he does that, then... Yeah, or you could could do Zinchenko, Saliba, White, Tamiyasu at right back. Zinchenko, Saliba... Yeah, he could. Yeah, if he does that. Yeah, if he does that, um, then I would be very concerned um, for Gabriel's future. I actually wouldn't be surprised. I can almost see. I can. I can see him doing that, and I can see us being the logic. Well, the logic is like, like you said, Rashford is on that side. See, but Tommy Asu there. Yeah. Um, I don't know who Man United's. Yeah, Anthony. Anthony. No one cares about Anthony. So just let (laughs) Zinchenko deal with him. And 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 that's that, and that's why he did it. So you can't, and then you can't drop Ben White. That's nonsense. If he plays that back four, then something is very. Gabriel must have, I don't know, slept with Arteta's wife or something like that. Because yeah, um, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. that's that's bad. Um, but yeah, the reason I don't think it's that bad is he, Arteta. If Gabriel did come on in the first two games uh, as a sub. So he didn't come on yesterday, but mm. I mean, it'd been a bit weird to bring him on. Maybe you should have brought him on at two one. Actually, uh, we might not have conceded, but um, I don't think there's anything personal. I think this is purely a result of Zinchenko not being fit and him wanting someone else to invert. So he picks Partey, and that shifts everything and kind of breaks a lot of things everywhere. Um, and and maybe for example, if Timber was fit you play him on the left and tell him to do what Zinchenko is doing and you can actually keep things a bit balanced. Um, that timber injury has really screwed us uh, in terms of Zinchenko backup and it means we're just forcing things out of shape. But It's mad though if you think about it, right? Like, because, you know, we think, I mean, like, like you said, Aaron, personally, I think it comes down to if Zinchenko is fit or not because if, if he is fit and if, if Arteta thinks, yeah, he's, you know, fit enough to start a game, you talk about on the base of last season, one of the best left backs in the world. You'd have to say, you know, on on how he performed last season and going forward, thought, certainly, yeah, defensively, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I know what you mean. So pound for pound, kind of thing, in particularly given the way that we play that left back role, um, he's just an incredible football player. So you 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 you'd think that this is exactly the sort of game that you would need him for. Um, the thing that I struggle to picture a little bit is, I. I, I genuinely can see us going back to that four. And if Zinchenko is fit, I think we will. I, I find it hard to uh, see Havertz working in that Xhaka role based on just what we saw in the last few games. It's not that I don't think there's a future to that. Maybe there is a future to playing Havertz in that role. But I agree with the sentiments I think that you guys had on Havertz, which I think he, it's it's just not quite there yet. It, it's Maybe it's a confidence thing. Maybe it's whatever in this role, just playing as a kind of lone, you know, not lone, but, you know, playing, you know, with one less midfielder in some ways, like it's just another new thing for him to do. And it's another thing where I think he'll just have a lot of responsibility that he's not quite used to yet in this, in this side. I'm not sure if I can see Arteta doing that. Um, I actually can see a scenario where we start him, but we start him up front. And we play Rice and Partey in the middle, uh, I, and and I know that would seem really harsh on Eddie. That would seem really harsh on 
Um, and uh, hey, Jesus, if, if Jesus is fit. Um, but again, it's like one of those surprise things. It's probably something that you know they don't think that we'll do. Um, so I, I don't know. That's- I can't see that, mate. Just because if that doesn't work, the the criticism that he's going to get is going to be even more than just sticking to the current system and maybe changing up personnel. Do you know what I mean? Like if you go with, mm. some, like we, did Havertz play through the middle and the charity shield? He did, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. We yeah. played like the diamond with like. Declan Rice on the left of the diamond. Mm. I'd be really surprised if he did that. I mean, look, if he does, then fair enough. But I, I don't know. If this system's not working um, and he goes with something like that where you're basically taking – it feels like it's, it's an even bigger risk. And Eddie scoring goals, Jesus is back fit. Yeah, I'd be really surprised personally. So I'm, I'm going to – I'm going to go for a 3-1 win for Arsenal, though. I think that we will do... I think that it will be a game where the fans will be the best that we've been this season because the fans haven't been that great. But I don't think it's... And as we blame the fans' fault, I think, you know, again, one of you mentioned the fact that there's the expectations are a little bit higher now. And I think that the early kickoff on the first game didn't necessarily help the atmosphere. The three o'clock on this game didn't help with the train strikes. I think people probably weren't as tanked up as they were usually. Um... I know it's a Sunday, but it's a Sunday late kickoff and it's Man United. I think that everyone will be well up for it. And I think the players will be too. I feel like the players are up for these sort of games at the Emirates and they were last season. I think they'll be that way again. And I think Man United don't, their record against the big teams again, you know, under Ten Hag, like last season was really bad, wasn't it? It was like they didn't beat anyone in the top nine or something ridiculous like this, like away from home or something. Um, so it's 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 not great. I feel like they've. I feel like with Man United, a lot of their senior players feel almost annoyed to be playing in a team that isn't that good yet. Uh, I, I, there's something like just the, it feels like Varane and Casemiro, for example, are there kind of going like, yeah, but we used to play for Real Madrid, man. Like you know, we weren't. We we were always favourites to win the league, or is that, or, or, or you know, we every year is the league or the Champions League. Like I don't know. There's something about them that. It just feels like it's not quite there and they don't quite they're not that up for it when it comes to games like this where you know it really means a lot for you know Arsenal and and, and stuff and I, yeah so I personally I'm going to go for a 3-1 win I think we'll concede because we're at home and we always concede at home um I was going to go for a 3-2 but I don't think it's going to be that I think it's going to be 3-1 um Aaron what about you yeah I think we'll win 2-1 um, I was I was going to say 1-0 and then you reminded me how we always concede at home. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I changed it to 2-1. Uh, I think it'll be like one of those tight games, but we will just have enough in in the box. I think it'll be a, an Erdegaard type game where he just decides to like just run this whole show and, and just push us over the line. Fingers crossed, Dave. Fingers crossed. Well, listen, guys, it's been a mammoth episode. It's been nearly one and a half hours. Um, I should say, like, thank you for everyone for joining us. We had a you know a fair amount of viewers today, so like really appreciate it. And Charles, thank you very much for your comments. Shani, as well, as always, like really appreciate you guys. Um, it was great. It's really great having the comments and the questions. It just gives us another another um you know element. It feels like you know this is a, a much bigger discussion with more people. So that was fun. So my Aaron, and thank you both. Look forward to seeing you both on Sunday again. It feels like just a lot of, I think it's because 
Mizu and I went to the Palace game as well. Mm. Uh, it feels like seeing you guys a lot. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, I, uh, let's hope that we bounce back with a win, eh, boys? Yeah, it'll be nice. It'll be very nice to get a win against United, as always, but yeah. Aaron, for his family rivalry with his brother, the Man United fan, you know, bragging rights. You're on mute, mate. Oh, yeah. Oh, I just assumed it was. Sorry. Good. Yeah, no. I um, Yeah, yeah. Family derby type thing. Uh, so, I mean, they've always been the old enemy. So, but this, you know, that game's always been uh, a big, big highlight. After Spurs, I always look for Man United. I'm sure you guys do too, to be honest. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah. The two big, two big. Yeah. Rivalries. So, um, yeah, I'll see you Sunday. It'll be a good one. Excellent. All right, boys. Good night. See you see later. Bye bye.